Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And I'm so excited for today's episode because not only do we have a wonderful interview with author Bridget Morrissey, we're going to do a little current read check-in and some of our, you know, summary books that we hope you can fit in before September comes. Because when I woke up this morning, there was a chill in the air and it was really sad. You know, the older I get, the more I just like appreciate all the seasons. Like I appreciate every moment and I have always been a summer girl. I will never apologize for being a summer girl and I really love the month of August and we are officially in August and I feel like that's that is the time where I maximize my summer reads because you can feel the summer slipping away and you Mm want to hold on to a little it a little bit more. Um, Yes there's a sweetness to August that I don't think we appreciate enough because yeah like back to school season it comes in so quickly and like I think people get a lot of like August anxiety but Mm. we like we're going on vacation the week going into Labor Day so the very last week of August and Mm -hmm. I absolutely cannot wait so that's like I'm like summer does not end number one till I say it ends but I think I just, like, like you said, like, the older you get, the more you appreciate it. I just, like, I'm not in a rush. Like, I I am very excited for that first, like, fall Sunday when, like, football's on and the windows are open. Light a candle. Yeah, like, but, like, that, that that's going to come. Like, I don't need to mm-hmm. rush it. It will be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't need to rush it away. Not at all. Time moves too fast as it is. Like, just enjoy every moment and enjoy. For me, I am still very much enjoying the long days. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, that's everything to me. If I could pinpoint one thing that I love about summer, it's how long the days are, how, like, I just feel like I can appreciate life so much more when there's more daylight out there. Yes. I just, I love that. And then, obviously, I love being able to go to the pool and I feel like I have more reading time in the summer and it's just I don't know it just I like I really love a lot of the feelings that accompany with the warmer weather and the longer days and I agree yeah I don't feel my best self when I'm in hibernation mode and I know that it's necessary but I feel like I am the best version of myself when there's light in the morning and like that Mm -hmm. motivates me to get up and I'm Mm -hmm. spending time like equal amounts of time caring for myself my space and my work and I'm very excited for our fall reads because there's a lot of really exciting books coming out in the fall like I I already have my TBR set but we're gonna put that aside for now and we're gonna talk about a few books that we have read recently or that are on our TBR that are perfect summer reads for that last little like sprint to the end I just think these are the days to like make the time to read a book in a day so I'll start with a book two books that are on my TBR well I guess three three books that are on my TBR that I need to read before September or before the first day official day of fall um and one of them is an Ashley recommendation and (gasps) I know It's In a Jam by Kate Canterbury. Such a good one. Yeah. It is. What, Phoebe, how have we gone? I don't know how many minutes into the episode we are. How have we gone 
this far into the episode mentioning August and all the great things that August brings and not mention that it is fig jam season. Oh, yes. Will you bring me? Can you travel with that? Will you bring me some? Yes. Okay. TSA, move over. This is fig jam. It is not a liquid. We can bring it. Hooray. Um, Well, you check a bag too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. I, it is fig jam season. For those of you who don't know, we have a giant, I say giant fig tree in our front yard. It produces about 100 figs a day, sometimes more than that, honestly. It's as many as we can grab. Um, And John has already, like just today, he's made two batches, two big batches of fig jam. So every day he makes a new batch. Um, We do a lot of things with the fig jam, but in a jam, is a great book one of my go-to recs um noah is he makes jam (laughs) that's all and sells it at the farmer's market and he is so spoony so i support that read okay my next one is do i know you by Mm. emily wibberly and austin sigmund sigmund broca the hardest last names for me to say today oh my goodness and uh, it came out in January, but, like, the cover is, like, so summery, and I love their books. I just, like, haven't gotten around to reading it yet. And they're going to be at the Rom-Con, um, or Steamy Lit Con. I still don't know what we're calling it. Um, so I, like, need to read that. And maybe I'll bring it with me, and I'll, that'll be one of my plain reads. Yeah, um, that, that sounds like a good one. And then the last one that I really want to read is sweet spot by rebecca jansack and i believe it's a mm. golf romance Ooh. and like i have not golfed nearly as much as i wanted to this summer but it, i think i saw it like in the kindle store and i was like i'm gonna get that she writes a bunch of sports romances yeah i've heard really good things i haven't read any of her books but she, she was at um book bonanza and i like obviously was very very popular and i was very um intrigued to check out some more of her books all right and then you tell me what's left on your tbr and then i have three books that i've already read that i would recommend for people to read before summer ends perfect i only have one book that i can think of on my tbr but then i have a couple books i just finished that i would say that you all everybody should add to their tbr to your tbrs if you haven't read them already and then i have one older wreck that is a perfect summer pick so that's what I'm gonna start with but on my TBR is actually my August book club pick for the new book club that um me and my friend Kat are starting at Bookmarks in Winston-Salem um this is a book club that has a physical like a you know a component where we can all meet up together but also has a virtual component like it has a zoom meeting and um there's like a silent reading component to it but that can also be done virtually um so more to come on that but our august and it's so bi-monthly book club um which we thought would be great because it's like a little bit of a lower commitment um and our august pick that would go through august and september is sweet hand by ng peltier or Peltier, not sure on the pronunciation. Um, but I am very excited about this cover. Like, look up the cover, Phoebe, if you haven't seen it. It is stunning. Like, I am okay. obsessed with it. So I don't know if it's, like, you know, necessarily, like, set in the summertime, but the cover gives me strong 
southern or southern um strong summer vibes or at least like warm weather vibes so um and it's the first book in the island bites series oh i love that um and talia hibbert blurbed it so obviously (laughs) gonna be great so that is on my tbr and then two books that i recently just finished which are both set in the warmer months are done and dusted oh so good Mm -hmm. have you talked about it on the podcast i've talked about it i don't know if we've talked about it together on the podcast oh my god yeehaw (laughs) i literally now i'm all i'm getting is ads for wrangler and yes (laughs) welcome to my life for the last like four months Five months. I don't even know how long I've been since I started Flawless. I literally... Is Flawless also set in... Like, are any of those books set in the summer? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm adding those to my TV. The second one is. Those are coming next. The second one is set in the summer because Cade is a single dad and he needs childcare for his son for the summer. And so, Mm. yeah. It's so good. They're so fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So Done and Dusted has opened the portal in my brain to cowboy romances. Um, and let me tell you, look, look, Luke Brooks could have any moments of my day. All mm. of them. He just, yes. A lot of things before this book, I was like anti. I was anti cut off shirts. I was anti like anti belt buckle. I was anti cowboy, honestly. And I just take it all back. Mm -hmm. I take it all back. Welcome. Um, So yeah, great. If you are a fan of Friday Night Lights, the um, male main character is based off of Tim Riggins. So oh, I, did, I know you did say that, but I totally forgot yes. that when I was picturing the whole book. There's this girl that I follow on Instagram. Well, I follow her originally on TikTok, and then I could not get her out of my head when I was reading this book for Emmy. And like, mm-hmm. like she just like was like in my brain Can for I say Emmy, that? and I couldn't picture her when I was else. when I was reading that book. I was also reading Mrs. Nash's Ashes, so I was reading two books at the same time with main characters named Clementine. Oh my gosh, and what book just came out that also has a main character named Clementine? I don't know. Um, oh my gosh, and she goes by Lemon. It's like very popular right now. Seven Day Slip or something? Is that what Oh, wait, yes. Maybe that was that the book that I'm thinking of. Oh, yes, because no, yes, that is the book. It was Seven Year Slip is Clementine. It's Mrs. Yes. Nash's Ashes, she's Millie. How crazy is that? Yeah. Wild. And he calls her Lemon. So, yeah, no, it's so good. That's another book that everybody should read. Oh, it's so good. I loved it so much. Yeah, I really, I really want to watch, or watch that. I really want to read that. Um, so, yeah, so what was I just talking about? Done and Dusted. It was great. And then what is the other book that you recently oh, read? the other one, which is funny because speaking of reading multiple books with the same main character, um, I just finished Mixed Signals by B.K. Borison, and that is... Layla's book and I have literally read I'm not even kidding you four different books in the past like couple months that is a Layla or a Lila and I 
I like can't keep it straight anymore. Like every other, every other time I'm like Layla. And I'm like, no, no, no. She's Lila in this book. And like, they're all spelled differently. One is L-I-L-A. One is L-Y-L-A. One is L-A-Y-L-A. Like, I'm like, why are we doing this to me? <laughs> but anyways. No, it's um, Truly. So when we had BK on like her, our interview with her, um, she said how she wanted to write a book set in a different season. So Mixed Signals is the summer mm-hmm. the summer book. Mixed Signals and, is my favorite, I think. Oh my god. Okay, so like we all know I cried at Beckett because I just like I loved in the weeds so much. I obviously got a tattoo for it, like literally like the day I finished the book. Um I loved Beckett and Evie's journey so much because it was just like very relatable to me like both of them honestly but Mm -hmm. like definitely Evie and like her figuring out you know how to find her happy when the work that she was doing was like no longer fulfilling her or like you know was taking too much from her and not she wasn't getting anything back from it and all that so I totally love 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 that book for like the characters and like the sentiment behind it but oh my god mixed signals was so freaking like it was phenomenal it totally took me by surprise like I already was giving these books five stars so it wasn't like her bar was like low in any way like I wasn't like I she exceeded my expectations because they were like manageable expectations like the bar was set high Mm -hmm. and still with mixed signals I was like where where's the bar it's gone it's gone it's like yeah I loved that one oh my gosh Caleb so dreamy Caleb had a lot. He had a lot going for him. Had, and there yes. is a lot that I could say about how unexpected he. They're just. No, I'm speechless. What are yes. You <laughs> so, yes. Highly recommend. It. Okay. What about you? Okay. So the three books that I would recommend to squeeze in before summer sets has its final sunset. That's really sad to say. Um. So I already mentioned this book, Mrs. Nash's Ashes by Sarah Mm -hmm. Adler. I loved it. It's probably my favorite romance of the year um, so far, though it has the potential to stay up there. Um, It's a little, it's like a road trip. They're trying to go to Florida. It's equal, it's, it's laugh out loud funny and also like a good like heart squeeze kind of book. Mm -hmm. Um, Deals a little bit with grief a lot bit with grief but it's very good and it has I talked about this on the podcast recently um but it has it's not told in dual timeline but it does focus on two love stories and so it's about a young girl who is trying to reunite her elderly neighbor's ashes with her great love of her life who they met when they were both um one was a nurse during world i think world war ii world war ii um that's right and one of them worked with uh carrier pigeons and it's it's just it's so delightful and then the other one if you're looking for something a little fast-paced and you just need something you can't put down highly recommend yellow face by rf wong like yes it's i literally couldn't put it down it does give you a little bit of a tummy ache but if you are a book person, you have to read it. And then I haven't talked about this book a whole lot because I actually read it back in 
March and it like cured my like winter blues, winter grays. Um, but it's called Kismet by Becky Chalsen, C-H-A-L-S-E-N. And it takes place on Fire Island, which I grew up going to um, as a child. It's like off the coast of Long Island and it's about uh, twin sisters and one of them is married and like going through it even though she has the like perfect relationship and she's trying to give her twin sister the like perfect wedding without like focusing what's going on in her life and mm-hmm. um, it's like really good. It's a little bit more I would say it it blurs the lines of romance and women's fiction. Yeah. Because it's more about the, it's less about the romance and more about the character's journey. But I really loved it. And it's a really quick read. I think it's like 320 pages or something. So it's a great like beach day book. And like the setting is a character as well. It's magical. Oh, I love that. I forgot that one other thing I was going to mention is a book that has been on, that I've recommended a while or for a long time, um, One Hot Italian Summer. Oh, yeah. Alley. You love that. That is also, I'm going to just plug that as one final summer book. If you want, like, summer travel book and then another book that has, like, almost a setting as a character, that's a great one. It's set in um, northern Italy. Oh, so good. Um, so that's the last little book. But... We now are going to talk about an excellent, like the the summer book to read before August is over, and that is That Summer Feeling by Bridget Morrissey. And I devoured this book. I loved it so much. It's one of the few books that I've read in a 24-hour period. I just like was so invested in the characters, in the love story. I was so invested in um, Garland's, Uh, story as a main character and like her development and growth throughout the course of the book and oh my gosh I could not say enough great things about this book and Bridget was an absolute delight to speak with and just like made me appreciate the book even more. I so agree with everything that Ashley just said and we say this in the interview but it is probably one of the best like August books out there. So we hope you enjoy our interview with Bridget Morrissey. Welcome to Read It or List It. We are so excited for today's guest. Today we have author Bridget Morrissey, whose book That Summer Feeling, which is a book that I feel like has been everywhere because with the tagline Adult Summer Camp, we are all so intrigued. So welcome, Bridget. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for that great welcome. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about That Summer Feeling? I would love to. Um, That Summer Feeling tells the story of Garland, who is a recently divorced woman who is a bit down on her luck. And her sister invites her to go to an adult-only week of a sleepaway camp. And she reluctantly agrees, hoping it will renew her life and help her kind of find her purpose again. And while she's there, she runs into a man that she believes she might be meant to be with only to fall head over heels in love for his sister instead. Such a good trope. (laughs) I know. I love that you read so many, like, or at least I've read so many um, falling in love with like, like an ex's 
um, sibling or like something like that, but I've never seen it in quite this way where she's almost forcing herself to like, oh no, I, I'm supposed to be with Mason. And then she's like avoiding every other sign that she's meant to be with Stevie. And I just found that so refreshing and so fun in so many ways. Like it can be, you could take that as lighthearted and as fun as you want, or, you know, to speak a little bit deeper about um, our perhaps like preconceived ideas of what we're supposed to be or who we're supposed to be and fighting against how we really feel and and who we are deep down. So I thought that was so refreshing and so fun. And um, yeah, just like a great mix to add to the romance genre. Thank you. That's everything I hope to do with it. So I appreciate that down to the like deep levels and the surface levels. That's totally the intention. (laughs) Amazing. Also fantastic names in this book. Yeah. Obsessed with all the characters names. (laughs) Thank you so much. I I love to hear that. I love their their names as well. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite parts. So I love like names that are I guess, gender neutral, or I really love when women have more like traditionally masculine names or um, whatever. So Stevie is like one of my favorite names, but when she calls him, when she calls her Steven in a joke (laughs) in the beginning, I thought that was so, I just think that that's so fun. And (laughs) my name is Stephanie. No, Okay, Steven, as I was saying. Yes, top-notch banter. My, one of my best friends is named Stevie, actually. I was and- thinking of you the whole time I was reading because of that, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, and she's not, she's named for Stevie Nicks. Like, she's not a Stephanie. She's just, oh. just Stevie. So people would always ask her, like, oh, like, Stephanie? And she's like, no, it's just Stevie. But when we were on our study abroad in London, our uh, teacher, for some reason, called us Sophie and Sylvie. <laughs> Like, and she'd be like, I know your names are Phoebe and Stevie, but for some reason, it just always came out Sophie and Sylvie. <laughs> that's cool. That sounds like that's like a cool band too, I guess. Like I Stevie guess. Nicks and then Sophie and Sylvie, like yes. uh, our, our alter egos. Yes. Um, now, so as you said, this is your fifth book technically, um, but it's your third YA, uh, third adult, excuse me. See, that's what I'm telling you. My brain is going faster than... <laughs> My brain is going faster than my body can catch up. Um, but your I I read love scenes because I'm an actor, so I was like super intrigued by the um the I love like an offset romance, all of that. And so I had recognized your name, and then I wasn't until I was like, wait a second, this book that everybody's talking about, I've read her books already. Like, how exciting. So where did the inspiration for this book come from? Um, because I feel like it's It captures everything that you've done already, but it has such a different tone to it as well. Yeah, um, it's so funny because obviously this is a question I get a lot and I don't know what it is about this book that whenever I like initially conceived the idea, it just came from a place almost outside of me and I like can't remember. And obviously I've had a lot of time to reflect on when did this idea or how did it come to me? But I know a lot of the people pieces of it come from things that I'm interested in. I like Garland, the main character in this book. I never went to a sleepaway camp as a kid and I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with the show Bug Juice on Disney Channel. I was obsessed with I loved that shout out. 
Yes. So like, good. this is like for the people that watched Bug Juice and we're like, this is <laughs> who I want to be. Um, so that part of it is comes from just truth. And then I guess I have been on a few. I went to a wedding in Montana. Let me say this. I went to a wedding in Montana from one of my best friends that was like a weekend. And the whole weekend was essentially like a summer camp feeling. And I wanted to try to capture that feeling. And so that's how I merged a like summer camp with like an experience I had had before. Um, and then in terms of just what Garland goes through and sort of how she comes to realize her queerness in the book, I definitely wanted to speak to the fact that like myself and a lot of people I know came into their queerness later in life mm-hmm. and later than I think sometimes like the it's portrayed that like you can air quotes mm-hmm. come into it. Um, like there is no timeline on it. And I have just even in the last like five years seen so many of my friends go through such radical transformations and uh, self-discoveries mm-hmm. in their late 20s, early 30s, which is where I'm I'm 33. So that was what I wanted to do with this book. And I think that the summer camp sets a perfect backdrop for that because that's what we associate summer camp with, like from our youth is like going there and like getting to just be anybody you want. Nobody knows right. you there. And so yeah. like, how could that apply when you're an adult is what I wanted to try to do. Yeah. I think it's one of the reasons why I love, I also never went to sleepaway camp. Um, but I, growing up, my summers were very isolated from my life during the school year. I always, I felt like I had different friends. And so I love that like bubble effect where characters all of a sudden feel so much more confident in themselves because they don't have the pressure from quote unquote real life. And so I think that that was something, you know, Garland's internal dialogue was still very aware of where she came from and where she was going to have to go back to. But like the, uh, <laughs> what did she say? Not yeehaw. Um, yeehaw. yeehaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was cackling during that because it was just so relatable and I could like feel that um I feel like so often we get we don't get the characters drunk perspective <laughs> or an inebriated perspective it's them caring for someone who's spilling secrets so I loved getting to be in her mind at that point but I love how we were also in the dark, like she, because she was in the dark, right? Like she didn't remember everything. They were like, we're going to play your song tomorrow. And yeah. she's like, great. Can't wait to find out what my song is. <laughs> and, it, and another like great um, shout out to us millennials of Miley Cyrus and like <laughs> Hannah Montana. So good. Um, but what you were just saying, just really re- when you were speaking about, you know, writing this book and Garland's story. And I just felt like there were so many, I wanted to pull some like really great quotes that I read and I highlighted that I thought were just a real testament to kind of that, like, you've got this like, you know, funny lightheartedness of her just like uh, letting herself go in summer camp. But then you have these like really touching moments where she's like, I spent my whole life muting the part of myself that wanted more from women. Now that part of me was screaming, a speaker turned up so high, the sound almost hurt, wild and sharp and very, very loud. I think that's so what you were talking about, you know, women later in life, you know, discovering a part of themselves or anybody later in their life, discovering a part about themselves. It's like that, that part of you that's so quiet that, you know, it, that maybe, you know, is there, but you're not consciously acknowledging it. And then you do. And then it does feel like this, 
you know, the, the speaker, like the volume is turned all the way up and you don't know how else to express yourself other than to like live it fully. And I feel like this whole setting of being in an adult summer camp and that like ability, like Phoebe was saying, to step outside of your, your life and kind of be in this bubble. Um, I think that this book will speak for, to so many people for that, especially I think, you know, for obviously the pandemic is a, is a horrible thing and, and not to make light of what we've, we've all had to go through. And so many people have had to go through in 2020 and, and beyond, but a part of it also did feel like this stepping away from reality a little bit, this little bit of a bubble where we were only with ourselves and our own thoughts. And then you think like you have more time to listen to those quiet parts of yourself, which I think is what Garland was doing. Um, so I just think that that was that was one. And then there was another one. Well, while you look for that, Ashley, I think I liked what you said about that, because with the pandemic, we were only allowing in ourselves and the people you chose to be in your bubble um, that you trusted to be. Yeah. Yourself with. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people have been able to like realize, you know, oh, this I know what I value and what I value of myself. Um, and I just really want to go to camp now. Yeah. Oh, this is another one. I liked this one too. I liked men and women, anyone really. And I hadn't let myself hold space for it because I'd been so obsessed with ticking off boxes for the life I thought I needed to have when I didn't pay much attention to the life I wanted to have. And I think that that is something that can be applied, you know, not just to discovering your sexuality, but like so many other things, having a career crisis, um, you know, realizing that the people that maybe you hold closest to you are not the right people for you. I mean, I think that could speak to so many different aspects of your life of like not really thinking forward you know just kind of like going on this path and not looking outside of you know hey is there another path that I could pursue um so I think that was just really great yeah you I mean you said it better than I could that's exactly (laughs) what I was hoping to convey and definitely what this book is about and particularly the line about like the I was so obsessed with the life I thought I needed to have I didn't pay attention to the life I wanted that goes hand in hand And, and yeah the pandemic I think was a catalyst for a lot of people in reflection of oh I've been living this one way because I just I thought I needed to Mm -hmm. and now when I you know backs against the wall and the world is like literally falling apart what did that matter you know which is like a heavy question to to explore but it's in this book using summer camp as the backdrop instead of like being isolated in a Mm -hmm. you know pandemic but yeah it's the same sort of concept yeah and that's what we love about romance so much is that you get to ask those questions, but you still get your happily ever after. So we mm-hmm. know that we can navigate these things and that art. Maybe the characters won't have it all figured out by the end, but they'll either have someone in that moment to help them mm-hmm. figure it out or, you know, they're beginning uh, yeah. this new phase of their life. It feels like for me, reading romance, particularly like this, it makes me feel like I have a safety net, right? Like mm-hmm. you've got this and it's not to get like too like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's about to come out of my mouth. But like when when um, Garland is terrified of the high ropes course and mm-hmm. she doesn't want to, like she's too scared to go forward. And Stevie's like, I got you. And like, ultimately she was still too scared to go. But like that whole idea of like this, like 
you know, I could go forward and there's like a safety, there's a safety net there for me, someone that's not going to let me fall. I think that that's kind of what romance books can do for us in this, especially, um, you know, books that talk about discovering queerness or just like, you know, anything where you're experiencing um, maybe a love that in real life you haven't been able to explore yet. It provides this like um, really great safety net to explore all those things, knowing at the end there's going to be a happily ever after. Like everything is going to be okay, at least for these characters. And I think that that's just like, that's why Phoebe and I, you know, we've, we've read so many different genres over the years and on this podcast, but we've always gravitated back towards romance. And I think both of us would say like, now we like aren't 90% romance. I'm like hundred percent romance at this point. Um, <laughs> but it's because of that. It's because of this like safety net and um, getting to read books like yours really just kind of, I think for all of our listeners too, like, speaks to that part of like we can always have a comfort in whatever Mm. story we're reading even if it's something that is different than the way we live our lives or um something that we've always wanted to try to live our lives like so exactly yeah the idea of the in this romance particularly I wanted to explore the idea of your partner being your teammate which is something Mm. that we see repeated over and over but that you don't have to be everything to someone else and they don't have to be everything to you but you can like try to meet each other wherever you are and just walk through life's experiences together and like you were saying about the ropes course like ultimately she couldn't go across and the idea of like even if you can't make it through something that there will be somebody when you fail you know quote unquote Mm -hmm. to say it's okay I'm yeah. still here. That's, you know, that's what romance is. That's the bread and butter. right Yeah. There. Like, yeah. How could you not love that? Yeah. What drew you to romance? Were you a romance reader before you started writing? What sort of drew you to the genre? Yeah. I mean, definitely a reader, also just like a rom-com lover. And it's one of those things where I just look back and I'm like, oh yes, this has mm-hmm. always been what I have gravitated towards. Like because we've been just talking about like a lot of the media properties. Like I grew up, I'm the youngest of five. So I have three older sisters and an older brother. And two of my older sisters are quite a bit older than me. And they grew up watching like WB. We're talking like Felicity, Roswell, Dawson's Creek. And like all of those shows, I was nine watching. Yeah. Really like imprinted Mm -hmm. onto me. Like they changed who I am. And like the, just the romances on those shows were so present and I've rewatched many times as an adult. And I feel like so grateful that I got to grow, grow up with them too, because there's such a tenderness in some of them. And of course there's like drama and it's, you know, Mm -hmm. they got to make 22 episodes a season. So there's highs and lows, but the core of all of them, I think, is like a feeling I'm always chasing of like what mm-hmm. that felt to be like learning about life through the lens of a WB show. Um, yeah. And there's something, too, about the community of it. Like, I loved mm-hmm. the idea that I was watching what my sisters liked and that not only was I watching it because I wanted to, like, you know, be into what they were into, but I was also finding my own meaning in that. And that's what romance does, you know, where it's sort of like. I'm viewing it through the lens of a third grader, you know, but Mm -hmm. it still is resonating with me in some way, or it's teaching me something and they're viewing it through a teenage lens. And then, you know, as we get older, it's still a thread that connects us. And I love that about any sort of like romantic property. I feel like it's the romance in particular is, is just any way that it's presented. 
Mm-hmm. And it creates those bonds. Scott yeah. Foley was on Felicity, right? Yes. Yeah. Of course. I love Scott Foley. I've never seen all of Felicity because uh, Ashley and I are both 30. So we were, you know, around yeah, the you same would have been age. like <laughs> yeah. a little too young. But <laughs> my mom was obsessed with it. And that that was my American Girl doll era. So I will never forget the night that she goes, Felicity cut her hair. And I thought she meant Felicity the American Girl doll. Like I thought the <laughs> magazine, like Pleasant yeah. Company, like, like let's get Felicity a bob. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, that's, I could see that intersection. Just Felicity, a very present name for us in those times. Yeah, you know, I do. That's one of the shows that I do want to watch like in its entirety. It's- Carrie Russell is exquisite. I cannot say enough. And she captures a vulnerability on there that I've made a lot of people or have tried to watch it. And for some people, it's a real, like they can't take it because it's so vulnerable. Like she is so raw. So many embarrassing, like heart shattering things happen to her. And she plays it with this, like, you just like feel you are in it with her. And also just like the way she feels about the romances too. It's just like, it's really like beating heart. Um, but that's what I love about it. It feels so real. And that's it's such a credit to her. Oh, I love that. Maybe that'll be my next because I'm currently in my my summer I turn pretty moment right now. Of course. <laughs> so, of course. Which I think also another book and show that really showcases that type of vulnerability where you're like, yes. <laughs> like yeah, completely. Oh. Yeah. So what's your writing routine like? Gosh, it's really not too exciting. I write in the early afternoons. I'm also a gymnastics coach. So I work each like after 3 p.m. I'm at the gym coaching. So my writing time is before that. So I try to write probably four to five days a week from, you know, 11.30 to 2.30 kind of thing. And I'm not super precious about it. I like to go to coffee shops, but the pandemic, you know, really mm-hmm. <laughs> forced me to get comfortable working from home as well. But then it also created like such a fatigue of that, that mm-hmm. I try to just change up my environment as much as I can. Mm-hmm. But if I can be outside, that's always nice. Um, that's, you know, the routine is just getting it done. Yeah. Like really just showing up to it as much as I can mm-hmm. and being happy with whatever it is that I'm able to get done that day. Did you draft this book during the pandemic or later in it or? Yeah, it was later because Mm -hmm. I drafted this from, well, I mean, the idea, the conception of it was back in 2021. But like when I actually sat down to write the full version of it, I started at the end of February of 2022 okay. and I was done with the first draft by the end of June. So Ooh. it was like a, you know, a turning point time where the world was sort of coming back online mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. The world was coming back online. Wow. Isn't that dark that I like use <laughs> online as a way to explain us like getting back into the world. Um, <laughs> that was when I wrote it. So it was a transition time. So I was able to go out places and write more outside so that summer feeling came out um the very end of may so we're obviously recording this in july so have you had any like favorite like reader reactions or have you gotten to do like any like in-person events or anything yeah i've done in-person events i've talked to um 
readers. I think that the just the reaction in general has been very touching to me. I just got a message the other day to my email, like of a, a couple who was like, I'm the Garland, I'm the Stevie. Like that Aww. is so sweet to me. Um, and I get a lot of people talking to me about their like later in life coming out stories, mm-hmm. which I think is so cool. And I feel really honored to be a part of that narrative or to be a safe place to share that because what I hoped to do with this book is to create a queer narrative that really feels very cozy and feels very uh, safe. And mm-hmm. it's one of my friends put it to me because I had asked them to read it early. And they were like, this is a book about saying yes. And it's a book about just like mm-hmm. going for it. Um, and so the readers that understand that or feel a personal connection to that and then feel inclined to tell me about it is, I mean, that's the coolest part of the job for sure, because there's no need to do that. They do that just strictly mm-hmm. from like a desire to share that with me. And that always means a lot. Yeah, we um, got to interview Ashley Herring Blake, who uh, wrote Delilah Green Doesn't Care and um, Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail. And she had uh, a similar similar stories of, you know, that it's really special that, you know, you, so even if you write something for yourself, um, that as individual as we all are, there are some feelings that can be universal. So something that's so personal to you that does resonate with so many people is just I think the coolest part of like being a reader and like you know why we highlight these lines and like what sticks out to us because you're like how did you you saw what was in my head or like you saw what was in my heart and you could say it for me and I don't know I just feel like that is like the utter like people say oh magic's not real but like we have books and (laughs) I think books create that sort of magic there They really do. It's so true. And I love when you highlight lines. There's been times where I've like really resonated with a line and I'll take a picture of it. And then like, I use that time hop app where like, you know, your memories Mm -hmm. come up every, every year. And it's just so fun to see like something from six years ago that just absolutely like rocked my world. And then reading it sort of made it settle into me to where like, it doesn't feel as revelatory to look at it, but I know it's because of like the way that that line changed Mm -hmm. me whenever I read it, like then just became a piece of me. And that's something that it's really special to be able to get to do that as the author for other people. Yeah. Um, Are you working on anything right now that you can tell us about? Hopefully I can talk about it soon, but (laughs) as of right now, I cannot, I am, I, one thing I can talk about is I am doing a cozy fantasy romance under the pen name E.B. Asher, along with authors Emily Wibberley and Austin Sigmund Broca, who wrote The Roughest Draft. Yes, I love them. (laughs) So yeah, so we are writing a book together, and it is the story of three friends in a magical realm who saved the realm together 10 years ago and became, you know, the big heroes of the, the place where they live. And then they had a huge falling out and haven't spoken ever since. And they reunite to attend the wedding of the queen, then a princess that they had saved, you know, 10 years ago. And it's sort of that sounds so fun. (laughs) It's really fun. We just finished the first draft of it. So it's like very fresh in my mind and I'm very um, sentimental about it. But I think it's really exciting. And I'm writing like a grumpy reclusive queer woman who basically after they saved the realm she went and lived up in the trees like she's like lived in a treetop <laughs> by herself and she gets lured back down for this wedding and ends up 
being around again, this very charming assassin, former assassin woman that she had kind of a past dalliance with. And so their, their romance reignites and it's really, it's just, it's super fun. So that'll come out in September of 2024. And so, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm obsessed with that. That sounds so fun. Because it's like almost like an extended epilogue. It's like you get to see the after. Yes. It's, it's the, what happens after, and it's our, our, our like comparable titles were the princess bride meets people we meet on vacation. So it's like, if you take that like sort of magical feeling of the princess bride yeah. with the like people we meet on vacation stakes of like estranged friendship complication, mm-hmm. plus like kind of the humor of like Shrek. <laughs> that's what I've been <laughs> yeah. telling people. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it, it's really fun. And also I'm not writing all of it. So it's super fun too, to get mm-hmm. to like, be like, wow, the, the book grew overnight, like every author's dream, you know, because I didn't write that part of it. So that's always exciting too. Cozy fantasy uh, romance sounds like the most fun genre to write in and to read about. Like that sounds so fun. I love cozy fantasies and I love yeah. rom-coms. So to combine it all together. <laughs> it's been like a true blast and we've had so much fun creating this world together. We have this like encyclopedia doc that just has all the like magical animals and places and stuff that we've referenced. And it's like, it feels really alive to me right now, but yeah, it's just fun to be like, this is a cozy type of rabbit. Like it doesn't matter, (laughs) you know, because like we're just trying to create a vibe basically. Yeah. That's really exciting. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to read it. Um, well then well, hopefully, hopefully soon we'll get to hear about your next solo project. Yes, I, I hope so soon. Too. I feel like this time of year is always so hard for authors because like things haven't been announced yet. Cause I feel like, like summer is like when books get released and then like all yeah. the deals get announced in the fall. <laughs> yeah. You just, it's like the timing sometimes works out that I can, cause it's never like super precious, but Mm-hmm. This is one of those times where it just didn't. So it's like something. It's all good. Soon. Yeah. yeah. Just well, to look forward to. And we've mentioned a couple other authors here. Do you have any authors or books that you would recommend that like either give the same vibe as some of your books or books that just resonated with you that you think that everybody should read? Um, I loved With Love from Cold World by Alicia Thompson. That comes out, I think, pretty soon. It comes out maybe in August or end of July. Um, just it's so her voice is just so readable to me. And I find it so there's a feeling of like, oh, that like heart fluttery feeling that I get when I read her stuff that I just super duper appreciate. Um, so I really loved that. I loved The Neighbor Favor by Christina Forrest. We love We both love that, yeah. Yes, I thought that one was so awesome. I did that one on audiobook, and that was such a fun experience for Mm -hmm. me, too, listening to that. I can't wait for the next one. The cover is so good. I haven't seen the cover for it. It's it's about the the sister um, and the Vegas wedding. Oh, the the sister that... um... That works like, with like the the rapper and is like the stylist. Yeah, like, yeah, really cool. yeah. So I'm I'm super super duper excited for that. So I would say those, and of course Austin and Emily's books, um, the roughest draft. You cannot go wrong with the roughest draft. I love that book. I so, am so, so much so excited for their Taylor Swift book. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. If you can't tell, I have my. <laughs> well, <laughs> you should be. They they are huge Swifties, and it's going to be a true ode. Yeah, Ashley, have you heard of that book? 
No. It's called the breakup tour. So it's like, I don't know. I'll send you the the synopsis. Okay. I am okay. I am pumped. I just requested it the other day because I was like, I need it now. Um yes, Fingers I was crossed gonna, for you. But actually look up the cover for okay. Christina Forrest's next book. It's like pink and purple, I think. Yeah, it's so cute. It's yeah. such so a great good. job with it. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, we have the same taste, Bridget. You can come hang <laughs> anytime. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> So something that we love to do here is pair songs with books because they just sort of were big music people and how they resonate. Do you like write with a playlist or do you have like a book that you think capture or a song that captures the same vibe as your book? Definitely have a few. The one that like springs immediately to mind is a song called Late Bloomer by Alison Pontier. Um, she's a queer artist and she has the most beautiful voice I love her music I feel like I can never recommend her enough um and yeah just all of her music I feel like pairs well because it it almost it's like folky like folksy Mm -hmm. country-ish vibes which I think blends obviously well to the the summer camp setting it's set in Georgia um but yeah late bloomer I mean obviously perfect late bloomer (laughs) is the vibe of the book I love that I was um, I was thinking like Mag- Maggie Rogers, like that was like the yes. vibe that I was getting. So that sounds very kind of similar. Oh my God. Is it, that's where I am. The one that is like the perfect, mm-hmm. like end of a nineties rom-com movie song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That totally fits as well. I love Maggie Rogers. I love that video of Pharrell discovering her. <laughs> oh, I watch it every time all the way through. Like as if I too, am Pharrell, like, yes, I hear the potential. Like I already yes. know that she's going <laughs> to become something. I know. I love moments like that. They like bring, I'm like getting teary. I find it so touching when like um, people are like seen for their mm-hmm. talent, you know, yeah. in that way and just like a very pure way. So yes. I yeah. I think also like those moments as romance readers, we just see the potential of like what a whole story could become. Because, like, I just see them, like, oh, like, this producer, this famous musician, like, she goes on tour with him. And, like, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I know. Magic ensues. (laughs) It's, like, those moments that just are, like, sparkly moments that just feel crackly. And you're, like, you just can't get enough. It's For me, it's, like, watching the... Tessa and Scott, the the ice skaters from the the like every mm-hmm. the Olympics, every time they show up, yes. it's like, what's going on there? You know, and of course they're not together in real life. And I totally respect that. But like there's the feeling of like mm-hmm. watching them where you just want to know yes. the magic. Yes. Yeah. You, there's a lot the of care there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So I know that this is like obviously adult summer camp is we have to create it. It's not necessarily something that we get to do, but if you had to like do a month or two weeks or somewhere that you got to have this experience of like camp, where would you want it? Where would you want to go? Wow. That's so tough. I think where I put this book is quite honestly where I would do it. I visited the Georgia, North Carolina area for the first time. And when I went there, I just thought it was so beautiful. And I grew up in Illinois and that's Mm. just flatlands and Mm -hmm. a lot of weather. But um, and then I moved to Los Angeles, which is palm trees and hot. And so just like, I don't know, there's just such a majesty about that area. But I guess if it was anywhere... I don't know. It's, I get daunted. I've not been to many places in the world, so it's hard for me to conceptualize it, what it could be like. Maybe it'd be nice at somewhere that's like a resort. But mm. 
I like the idea of it being Georgia, North Carolina. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm a, I'm a mountain girl. Yeah. Oh, is that where and you I, live? I live in North Carolina. I'm like two hours from the Blue Ridge Mountains. So like in the it's North so Carolina beautiful. side. It's so beautiful. I could absolutely see this there. I could see it in Asheville. I could see it in Georgia. Like yes. I could see like that, you know, it's the the like campy vibes are, are strong there. And every time I go to Asheville, I'm like, just feel so much more at peace then because you get this like it is really is beautiful um I did the drive like through the mountain into Asheville because I was in um a town called Murphy was where I stayed and like yeah like yeah so I stayed in Murphy m m u r p h e e right I think it's just why that it could be oh okay well whatever either way it's like truly like it just like has a bunch of like vacation rentals and stuff and then we drove through the mountains into Asheville but I also a large part of the the setting of that summer feeling too. I went to this place called the Swinging Bridge in Georgia. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was just I don't know. It was just it was such a magical place to me. And so, like <laughs> when I was like recalling the like lake and stuff, a lot of that yeah. was just that. So I I truly it felt very immersive to me to write. So I would definitely do it in like just same same setting that kind of North Carolina mm-hmm. Georgia ish area. I love that. I'm a, I love the, I grew up in New England, but I, I married someone from New York state. And so he like always grew up going to like Lake George and all of that. And I've become more of like mountains and lake. there's just something about it. Like yes. I love She's becoming coast. more of a lake girl than she ever thought she would. Be. I know. Well, cause I have a weird thing about like fresh water. It feels so different oh. than salt water. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. That's um, fair. But like it's there's just something about the mountains and the greenery and that like mm-hmm. woodsy quiet that I think I don't know. So that's why I loved the setting of this book. It was my my perfect cup of tea. Yeah. I also <laughs> loved you. the cover. And I just need to like thank you and your team and everybody that designed the cover for finally giving me another green spine to add to my <laughs> shelf because I am it's my favorite color and I'm constantly at war with the world of publishing for never giving us never green wanting spines. to use green that's so funny first of all the wall in the room you're yeah, in, yeah. in my like living area is like the same color I also love green um yes the cover was designed by Vianne Wynn and then the art was done by an artist named Rebecca Mock and like the actual illustration of it mm-hmm. and it's yeah I couldn't be happier with how the packaging came together down to the reveal of the spine being green which was really exciting to me too because I also love green and then it's been nice because in like all the pride stacks like I'm like a great choice yeah. for that green in the rainbow which is exciting yeah so, <laughs> no it's it's great I I love it because it also makes it easier for me to spot it like if there's a lot of wins for me too because they don't use enough green um yeah I'm looking at my books I think I've got like four green books yeah, I have, and it's, I have not a lot and they'll be like mintier usually those yeah because like, like like the meant to be mine by Hannah Orenstein is that like minty green mm-hmm. and then people we meet on vacation is people neon we meet on vacation yeah and then love light farms is like is a, the other dark green yeah but this is yeah. like this is yeah, like, it's like, a, it's like a very rich green. It's it is. Beautiful. Yeah, I very was super happy with it. I had no control over it, but I yeah. benefited from their their risk yeah. <laughs> using we, green. We, we can appreciate the aesthetics of it. That TikTok sound that's like, if I like it, I'll get it in another color. Ashley yeah. is the, if they have it in my favorite color, I'm going to get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what I mean, it is. me too. I'm blue though, which is, you know, I've got 
a plethora no, of blue it, You're covered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always say, I always say like, it's, it's totally okay to like love something in moderation. I don't know what that feels like to love something in moderation, but like, I heard it's a good idea because everything, my, my car, my walls, um, I mean, everything, my phone, my my eyes, it's really all, it's all, I'm just so self-observed. I I get it. I, my mom really loves green. So the house I grew up in too was like truly, and my mom's like a maximalist. So it's like green fairies was the theme of one of our rooms. So it was just green and then fairies. Like, so I totally get it. Well, now you, you said your pen name, your, the last name is Asher. Yes. Okay. Well, now Ashley will forever be obsessed with you because she loves when yeah. iterations yeah, of her name are used. Already done. We truly did it just because it's the start of the alphabet. But now we can, you know, if it benefits you, then it's that's why. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also like so. My initials are ABC, so I am the alphabet also. So <laughs> wow, that's <Yeah>. powerful. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my goodness. Well, Bridget, this has been such a pleasure. We're so excited. Well, I am so excited about this fantasy book. Oh my goodness. It's but called I'm- This Will Be Fun, by the way. I don't think I said that. It's oh. called This Will Be Fun. <laughs> All right. That's a great title for everything that you just said. I love that. Like- Thank you. Oh, Forget to say the title. Like talk about the, <laughs> like the nuances of it, not even tell you what it's called. Well, it's like maybe it doesn't, maybe the title hasn't been released It is yet. titled. It's told, titled and told, and I just didn't say it. Well, I'm putting it right on my want to read list and I can't wait to read it. And I will keep a sharp eye out for uh, details on your next project. Um, But we really hope that everyone enjoys this book. That Summer Feeling is available everywhere now. And it is, I I think it's a great August read. Because I feel like it really is. It's a great book that like has a bridge the summer and the fall to like the end of, you know, for people that are still in school, like bridging that like kind of can't be like transition you know yeah 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 I think it's a great it's a great August read if you haven't already read it if you can't tell we're big on vibes here we love a vibe we love an aesthetic it's a very vibe based book so I totally get it it's it's a vibe book for sure (laughs) amazing well Bridget do you have any final thoughts for our listeners no just thank you for having me I had so much fun of course thank you so much I'm as as sad as I am that summer is coming to a close There's been so many wonderful books that I know I can return to that capture the the wonderful feelings of summer that I like there's nothing I love more than finding a book that in like the darkest of winter days like makes me feel like the sun is soaking into my skin and um, like I, I I know we say this every time but I'm so grateful for Bridget's time such a wonderful interview such a wonderful book so we really hope you enjoy that summer feeling yeah and you know one of the messages in that book is this idea of like finding your peace and solace even as an adult and even if we can't all go to an adult summer camp we at least have this book to get to explore that a little bit more and remind ourselves that our hobbies, reading included, can be done no matter how old you are. Oh, I love that. Thanks. <laughs> and on that, you know, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you again to Bridget for speaking with us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Original music by Jake Thorne. 
podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved, 2020.